am your host, Sarah Sorniak. I'm helping prepare you for your next journey and empower you to take it on. Whether you're searching for a job or facing a roadblock which led you to a detour in life, we're sharing stories that will help you put your best foot forward. Hey there, Sarah Sorniak with Best Foot Forward. Uh, today's episode, we, we've got a good one for you. It's about how to be your own PR machine on the job hunt. And with me today, I have John Tashton, who is the Communications Director at 19 Ideas, a strategic marketing agency based in Buffalo, New York. John is an experienced communications leader and advisor whose passion is to connect people, ideas that can tell impactful stories. A native of Boston, Mass., John has spent his career helping organizations to establish communication strategies that help take their businesses to the next level. Today, he is a proud Buffalonian dad and husband who, like so many others here, is committed to his community. I really appreciate John taking the time. I think there is a lot of really valuable information to be your own PR machine. There's there's a lot. You really need to kind of toot your own horn in that can be kind of hard for somebody if you're very humble and and even an introvert, but um, it's a great opportunity to advance yourself and, you know, be proud of the accomplishments that you've done. And also we tackle some issues that could be, you know, if you have your own little PR crisis, whether you've had something happen in your life, how to address that in interviews. And, you know, if you have gaps in employment, if you have you know, a relative uh, quick turnaround with work histories, if you, you know, say you have every two years you switch a job, how do you approach that from a PR perspective to be appealing for employers? I hope you enjoy it. I have John with me from 19 Ideas, who's a communications director. And um, today we're going to be talking about how to be your own PR machine in the job hunt. But, uh, you know, first, John, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you coming on to do this. Thanks for having me. No, it's great to be back and um, really appreciate the time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on with 19 Ideas right now. I know um, there's so much him and hominin and buzzing going on um, at 19 Ideas. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's up? Sure. So no, I mean, we're, we're, it's, um, it's been a great, it's a great time to be at 19 ideas. It's a great time to be in marketing. I'd say, I think, you know, communication has never been probably more important as much as, um, you know, you, you think about environmental things that are happening last couple of years, ways organizations are trying to figure out how marketing fits in, in ways that they can, you know, not only market to their consumers, but also, you know, more than ever to their employees and make sure, make, make, pe- make sure people feel, part of a, the the changing landscape that is business right so for us it's been great um we we've adopted a hybrid model as a lot of companies have so we have two days where our employees mondays and fridays can work remotely and three days we're in the office which really sort of fosters that collaboration and um you know so uh, as far as our business goes from a you know giving back in in the community side of things we um we are also exploring and are in very much involved in um, a couple of partnerships we're excited about, one with um, Say Yes Buffalo, where we've just launched the Marketing Communications Fellowship, which is a year-round 12-month program that our first fellows started in, in September, um, where we are ultimately looking to um, you know, lead by example in opening doors for um, inclusion, diversity, um, and um, really giving the, this fellow a chance to work 
side by side in an agency environment around the year. He's he's actually a uh, undergraduate, and that's where this program is is geared towards. And um, it's it's really designed to not only give a twelve month experience in uh, in as as part of an agency environment, but also to long term sort of foster a, a network and community of people who have kind of gone through our alumni program, so to speak, and can make connections in the community and advance their passions, whether it be in marketing, communications, or things that are tangential to that. Um, and the other partnership, um, just briefly, I, comes to mind is with Persistence Prep. Um, Katie Krosick, our CEO, is actually very involved with them as a former board member. Uh, and we've had programs with them throughout the year where we work with third graders who are really, really young in their careers, um, but who uh, <laughs> find connections in marketing in their own ways. They, they're so excited. They come in and they're, they're so jazzed up to be part of just, you know, being that I, I don't think you can ever be um it's not, you're not it's never too early to start you're, you know being a storyteller oh absolutely you notice yeah. that because you it, in third grade you're seeing so much I mean a lot of kids especially children in this generation they're really into technology yeah um you know so that they're you know they're in the realm of really in in their reading careers as well so do you see a lot of you know potential little marketers in that yeah I, and, and i hear so much from um you know a, a number of, of 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 you know folks in our staff have been working so closely with them too and just the stories that come out of it you just see the excitement in them and that that alone is just is is, is worth it's why we do it it's why we do what we do that same kind of palpable excitement is why we do what we do with with our clients too it's just um we live off that stuff and so i think to see it in, in children that young, and like you said, content's so big now, uh, and the ways you share, the ways you post, the ways you just tell it, um, it it's um it's it, it's validating for sure. So you absolutely might be planting some seeds for what they might want to do when they grow up. Well, exactly. Exactly. You know, I think I that, that's that's the whole idea, right? So um, you know, it's hard to tell a third grader exactly where your where your where your path will go, but um they remember things like that and they and they present at the end of the year. They actually do things on their own. So it, it's it's wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really yeah. So in the past few months, you've you, you guys have grown quite a bit at 19 Ideas. You want can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So we've um we've made some really good um, you know, strides in in uh you know in hiring. I I'd say across the board, we're evaluating positions and making sure that we have not only have people who can who check the boxes from a professional side, but also culturally and just as general practitioners and people, those are all real important to us. And so recently we've, in the last few months, we made a couple of really exciting uh, hires and brought people on board. One of whom is a, you know, his name is Steve Rains. He's a uh, seasoned business executive, has launched successfully a couple of companies on his own and has now come in to be our development director uh, where he's making a big impact on that side, as well as, you know, frankly, having a good say in operations and how we are thinking about procedurally how we work together as a unit. Um, we've also hired a um, longtime agency executive, Bob Henry, uh, who, you know, has, has really spent the majority of his career in the agency side of things. And um, he's our digital experience director. So, you know, from from a side of Bob's perspective and Steve's, that complements mine is communications um, and our creative director, Amber Ampino. We have a what we're what we've intentionally built is a really strong um, sort of director level um, team that you know, is highly collaborative. When I say director, we, 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 as a 25 or so person company, we, you can't have a stagnant sort of hierarchical system that you would normally envision for a company that maybe needs one as a much larger level. But for us, um, we're excited where the, the, the company's leadership is taking it. Um, 
the, the buy-in from our partners, Katie and Dan has been terrific and um, we just are excited for the future. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a great few months and we're excited to see where things go. That's really, really exciting too. And, you know, I've been following you guys and seeing what you've done with like the space to um, mm-hmm. creating, creating unique spaces, which I'm planning on talking with uh, Katie about awesome and um you know workplace environments and 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 all that i mean it's just been really fun to watch what's going on with uh 19 ideas thanks i mean she'll probably tell you that i think the last time you and i spoke that space was about ready to be used and then we obviously couldn't use it for a long time i know that must have been a bit of a a gut punch yeah but i mean it looks beautiful and you know especially for the creatives you know what a great opportunity to have different unique spaces and she you know you know, I'm sure she'll, she'll go into it with me, but from, you know, what I gather, it's, you know, a lot of thought went into that and that's, that's really amazing. Absolutely. So, you know, I figured, especially as a communications pro and, you, you know, you've worked with PR, I, I figured you'd be the a great person to ask. I know it's a bit of a shift with, you know, trying to be your own PR machine. Um, but, you know, essentially like when you're on a job hunt, you know, you, you kind of mm-hmm. have to, put your best foot forward. So with social platforms like LinkedIn, which are important for standing out on the job job hunt, what should job seekers try to do from a PR perspective to stand out in the hunt? Yeah, I think, you know, and it's a, it's an interesting point because I think as much as we're focused, uh, you know, and rightly so, attention has been focused a lot into how digital and public relations are very interconnected the fundamentals i would say in terms of how you stand out largely main, remain the same you know you, when you're say you take a platform like linkedin you need to be as authentic as possible so whatever reads reads from you know what you're posting linkedin needs to still sound like you in a way that is not like it was drafted by anybody and just posted because it looks good i think it's so tempting to 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 post things that that just kind of read very much like pr speak and I think that's good to an extent, but it won't necessarily separate you from anything because like I said, a lot of people are posting that sort of thing. So um, one way to, to really think about if you're being a, you know, from a public relations seat and treating LinkedIn as sort of a platform for, for promotion would be to not only just post things that you know, explain, but also engage in content, ask questions of other people out there, whether it's people you're connected with or maybe tagging certain you know groups or certain people to 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 respond in a way where you're openly showing you are sort of a convener of of communication that way because I think that also can speak to the kind of professional you are and your curiosity in the field. So um, I would also say that your profile is a really important piece on LinkedIn. Um, so that fundamentally speaking. If you're going out looking for a job outside of social, you want your resume to be buttoned up first. LinkedIn is very much a an extension of a resume. So, you know, thinking about ways to describe yourself and specifically what you do. We're in a very SEO and algorithm driven world. So thinking about the right terms that describe what you do or what you're even interested in doing. If you're young in your career and haven't done a lot yet, there are still ways to articulate and communicate what you do do. And then the same way you build a resume. So, you know, brevity, conciseness, but also just being authentic, I think are really key tenets for that. Oh, definitely. I like your point about interacting too, like commenting and, and, you know, I think a lot of people think that, or they get stuck in just posts on like their main profile and, you know, don't realize that, you know, those opportunities to comment yeah. on their, 
things is a, a great opportunity to network as well and kind of show your expertise. Totally. Like following people, I think is a really big thing too. making those connections. Uh, you know, we've said we actually had a um, speaking of the say yes fellowship, we had a, um, a seminar with a number of, of, of folks connected to, to us through say yes about LinkedIn in this very topic. And one of the things that I advocate for, and I think it's it's shared broadly, is that I, unlike Facebook and other elements, you know, where you certainly can, you know, need to be aware of it, I'm, we might get into that, but for LinkedIn especially, I'm a big advocate of connecting with just about everyone because, and that doesn't mean like spamming and necessarily reaching out to connect with everyone, but if I get invitations to connect, 95% of the time, I'll accept it because you don't really, even if you don't know the person, it's very easy to segment those who just are kind of maybe bots versus those who really or highly engaged in that platform, you might know who they are, but you never know where connections can lead, or they might have a connection to a connection to somebody. So being being brave in that in that sense and being willing to just find people that interest you, uh, whether it's people specific in the community or just bigger thinkers, you the Richard Bransons of the world, it all matters. It all shows kind of like, you know, what you're interested in, what your passions are, and it can speak in ways that you don't necessarily have to write about, but um, can be still highly impactful for your profile. Sure. So what do you think are the top personal PR practices job seekers job seekers should follow for professional reasons while on the job hunt? The top practices, like what should they do? Yeah, from a PR perspective, like, you know, I kind of think about um, making sure maybe you're I mean, we're, we're in our like 30, so life's a little bit different for us these days, but you know, when you're just starting out in the job hunt, say after college, mm -hmm. making sure like your Facebook profile, mm -hmm. you know, is cleaned up or Instagram, you know, you're not having like all these crazy party or inappropriate type yep. um, posts out there that, you know, some employers and they will, um, you know, tend to do like a search on people. Mm -hmm. To, to seek is the I mean, you're essentially I mean you for an employee you might not be like the front face of the company but mm -hmm. in essence you're representing as an employee to some respect so employers do tend to look at or search for social profiles so that's kind of where I was aiming if you think like there are practices people should kind of pay attention to on like the personal side of things so that things don't come back to haunt them I guess <laughs> you, you know when you're no. on Hunt. completely understood i think uh you raise a really good and important point there is um you know i think that it's all part of your resume these days right your resume itself is a piece of paper or maybe it's a pdf or whatever right but the actual your online footprint your just general interaction is all part it's all sort of part of your profile and so to your point I think a lot of times if you have two, you know, two or three candidates, if you're an employer looking to hire someone and are evaluating closely, the differentiators might be things they find that are outside of those things you provide them because they're so close. Otherwise, they need to figure out what else can they can they can they use as sort of a, a differentiator. So um yes, highly recommend thinking about if you have other social profiles that that you are cognizant of what's on them and but both in the past and also moving forward, um, it's tough, right? Because, you know, transparently people, you know, some, depending on the person you are, you you may have very strong beliefs. Maybe you've heard time you were very vocal about those um, that, you know, you still may not have full regrets about or or, or whatnot, but the perception of, of, of who you are and how it's evaluated is important. So 
I would say looking at your social profile, um, any other sort of online activity you've had, whether it be, um, you know, blog posts, that sort of thing. Um, and also just being cognizant of your interactions with people that maybe you're connected with or might not be on LinkedIn, but that you've had in the past. And we're going down a road, I understand, of like more of the controversial side of things. I think equally speaking, you know, you can be um, and should be cognizant of maybe things you want to be found. So if you have really, uh, you're proud of certain things you've done, certain community work you've done, certain things you've written, um, certain, you know, pieces you've submitted for class that you feel are really good, depending on how young you are. Um, thinking about ways you can promote those or highlight those on your LinkedIn profile so that you're equally ready for the positive side. Um, you know, I think those, those are all important things. Um, I guess on, on, on the flip side, what we were talking about earlier, I think it's important to mention too, you know, crisis work is, you know, it, it, it's a term in the industry, but it's also just, it's, you know, we call it, you can call it reputation management is a, a softer way of putting it. Um, but I think one of the best things you can do if there are elements um, that you're either not so proud of or that you're worried or concerned that they might be things that come up in an interview or an evaluation is to think about ways proactively to yourself that you would respond to those if they came up or potentially ways that you'd want to proactively bring them up in a, in a discussion before maybe you're asked about it to show that you really are owning um, you know, something that you feel should just be put out there for awareness but that ultimately is something you have a... a um, an appropriate sort of answer and spin for. So that's, that was definitely a question I was going to ask yeah. is, you know, there are some folks out there at some point that, you know, might have their own little personal PR crisis that they've got to deal with. So basically, you know, what should a person do in that situation if they're in a bad spot, especially if they're concerned about career goals. So you're saying basically, I mean, I think that's PR 101 too. You're right. Like yeah. when you're talking about organizations, like you kind of, you got to own it. And then uh, either the lesson learned share, I mean, how would you recommend like approaching that yeah. lesson learned or? The, the most basic, I think, way to break down something like that on the, on the constructive side or, you know, the, 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 the rebuilding side is there are three kind of tenants you always think about. It's the own it. That's number one. It's the, describe or demonstrate how you've what you've done to address it so usually that's something constructive right it's like a you know i did this or i posted this or i'm aware that this is a thing this is what i've done or these are the steps i've taken or i am taking to address it and then step three is don't do it again so those are the kinds of three if you can follow those three steps in any scale it could be very small hopefully not much larger than that but if you can demonstrate those three things there's no guarantee that, and there's no, it's it's kind of an indefinite timeline for, for repairing reputation or for addressing things, right? Sometimes it may not, it may not result in what you want to happen. It might be something that ultimately if an employer is evaluating two candidates, separates it in the way that just is, you know, it is what it is and it's out of control, but what you can control is at least what you are doing about it and how are you communicating that? So we, I always like to advise clients that way too, in those three, putting in those three steps and if you feel like you've you've sufficiently addressed them, then you've you've put forward a strategy that is at least sound in in its intent. So on the offensive yeah. side, yeah, if you're an employer, do you think it's it's reasonable to ask like to be upfront if you know about a situation with a person or if they saw something on social? Because mm -hmm. again, like this could be a person that's you know representing mm -hmm. company as well. 
Yeah, I think it, it's 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 tricky a little bit because I think certain things that uh, some certain things are just difficult to either address because of the nature of what they are. And I know we're going down again a road of something that's a bit more maybe controversial. But I think let's let's take an example of something that's maybe in the middle, like a um, you know. I see you've only had, I see you've gone through, you know, three jobs in the past eight months or something like that. I think it's entirely appropriate for an employer to evaluate that because that's through the lens of, I'm looking to evaluate and see this person in my at, at my company, but I also don't want to cut someone who is not really con convinced they want to be here for longer than a certain period of time because I'm looking to make a hire for a long term. So as someone who's looking for a job, I think one of the most important things to think about is not just describing who you are and what you've done, but describing it in a way that you're putting yourself, you're, you're helping the employer envision you there. Um, so I, as a, as a candidate would want to, or let's just say you haven't had any jobs in the past six months. You know, I've seen you have been employed six months to have a, a constructive way to describe, there might be a really good reason for, it. you know, I know in the past six months, I, I just it'd be, it'd be honest too. Past six months, I decided I wasn't quite ready for the workforce yet. But what I did do was I traveled to these places, or I I worked at you know restaurant tables because I felt like it was important to to in the meantime like study in the evening, think about what I wanted to do, and I'm really you know and this is why I'm applying here and pivot to the reason why you're there. So it at least addresses that elephant in the room, um, and potentially makes you a strong candidate for showing your honesty because I think honesty is one of the most important. Yeah. attributes that an employee or candidate can have it goes right back to what you're saying with being as authentic as yeah no doubt about it absolutely what behavior should job seekers steer clear from when building their personal pr machine mm -hmm. you think i think you have to you have to strike a, a really good balance between being proactive and um you know uh well-intentioned and over communicating I think that's one of the things. I think that a lot of times from a from a a job seeker's perspective, it can be tempting to you just want to get an answer. You want to get a job so you'll follow up and check in and check in. I think it's important from a from from a from a, if you're acting like a PR practitioner or, or you know for, as, as your own advocate in that sense, um to think about even ahead of time what is, you know, learning what you can from the employer, understanding like what their timeline is so that maybe you can sort of schedule out or think in your minds about when the right times might be to follow up. So you're almost using information you have to inform your strategy. I'm using quotes here. I'm not sure it'll be on video or not, but strategy to, um, to reach back out and, and, and get, you know, responses when you can. Um, I think also it's, I, I think if, and from an employer's perspective, they like to know that, 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 candidates are interested so it doesn't hurt to follow up but just doing it at the right cadence and not not overburdening those who are sort of the recipients of your messages is good and i would say that 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 practice applies to any sort of frame of public relations if you're reaching out to journalists if you're communicating with any sort of consumer audience space and just developing a strategy for that if you post too much or if you write too much it's almost it almost has the reverse effect of what you want it to so there's no one solution, I'd say, um, or one set cadence, but I think that thinking about your audience and the best ways to reach them uh, in the right cadence is a really good foundational uh, tool. That's great. So yeah. when it comes to messaging to put out for, you know, if you're a job seeker, this mm -hmm. is kind of a little dicey because I'm sure you've got folks who 
you know that they're looking for a job, whether they, um, you know, were, were laid off at a position, you know, what have you. So, I mean, they, they have like that, that, uh, I don't want to say freedom because obviously it's, you know, it's to not have a job is, you know, scary, but, you know, but when you're somebody that is employed, trying to like get feelers out there or messaging out there is a little dicey because, you know, you don't always want an employer knowing that you're looking. So mm-hmm. what would you recommend for like messaging in that regard? Would you just recommend trying to be as much of an expert in your field? Like if you don't, if you don't want it to be known that you're looking and to just kind of make it appear as though you're well-versed in your area of expertise and then kind of let feelers come out as they come out in an organic sense. I think it's a little bit of both. I think um, recognizing, as we were talking about earlier, that you know social media in general, whether it's you know LinkedIn, which is probably the most appropriate for this discussion, or otherwise, it's all discoverable if it's out there. So being very intentional about what you're what you do and don't want people to see publicly. Um, but I think fundamentally speaking, you like we we're saying that that you know social and, and LinkedIn specifically are very much extensions of your resume and in a living, breathing way. So that if you continue, my, my best advice for that would be to, to continue to think about what content do you want people to see that defines you in that sense, whether it's your curiosity, your industry specific commentary, um, your perspective on things about, you know, in my, my perspective, I, for my own LinkedIn profile, I like to focus on posts that, that talk a lot about collaboration, leadership, mentorship. So that's a that's a that's kind of a, a field agnostic trait. But for me, it's highly important, and it does speak to sort of something that I apply to my role as a director and manager of people and sort of general team player. Um, so I think it's th- thinking about what you want, what attributes or specialties you want to identify, and putting that out there. Um, LinkedIn does offer ways for job seekers also to to note that they are open to work without it being publicly posted so there are ways and in, obviously you can also correctly reach out to people privately to explore those sorts of opportunities as well so i think there's ways to balance both at the same time so with someone that is openly looking whether they you know lost a job i mean what kind yeah. of how would you recommend they tailor that for mm. I think in that case, when, when the sensitivity is not there, um, being open about it is certainly not a taboo at all. I think that sometimes um, employers, hiring is, is such a, especially today, especially today, hiring is such a tough process to find right good candidates that if you are unemployed, um, but you're a highly you know capable, um, resourceful and appropriate person for a role, um, it doesn't hurt to contextualize that for people too, and saying, you know, um, you know, I, 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 it, it, just posting something that is very open and authentic to your situation, but saying like, I'm highly motivated to work, and you know, looking to, to looking to, you know, keep the ball rolling. I think that people won't see that. You know, largely people understand that's not a that's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of honesty and confidence in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as that's not your only approach, I think you still need to be very active and not just posting about how you're looking for a job, but like any employer, you want to understand like, what is it this person can bring to me? So complimenting any any sort of public message with that alongside content, perspectives, proactive networking, um, that can be a well-rounded strategy as long as you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So when it comes to to social too, I mean, we we primarily talk about LinkedIn, and obviously that is a huge huge platform for yeah. for employment. But are, do you think job seekers should be active on all platforms when when looking, or do you because you know connections can happen organically in any any capacity? And you know, what are your thoughts on that? And you know, if there's a way that someone can tailor a message to each platform, kind of like how we tailor in the marketing world, um, we tailor our messaging for different things on, you know, topics for on different platforms too, if it would be like a similar type thing. Yeah. Um, I would say that the short answer is you shouldn't post content for content's sake, no matter who, you know, what you represent, whether you're looking for a job or your organization or so on. Every platform that's out there now, and TikTok being one of the more newer ones, but you know the traditional Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, you need to think about what is appropriate for the audience you're trying to reach and and the content you're sharing. So, LinkedIn being a professional networking platform is probably the most most relevant for job specific or maybe. Um, dialogue that is more tailored to your skill set and because they even have open fields and things in which you can highlight your 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 community work your uh, professional career all those sorts of things whereas something like a an instagram it might be appropriate to if you're if you like a certain company you can follow them on instagram and maybe you know comment on their post to show that you're engaged with them and understand them but you can talk more outwardly about maybe your own attributes on linkedin um, or if, if you're in, in, depending on your professional side too, that also might dictate what platforms you try to use. If you're in an industry or a field that is highly visual or creative, you may want to post some things that maybe you've done or, um, connected with, uh, on Instagram or, or, or Twitter. If you feel like that is conducive to the work that you do. Um, thirdly, I would just say too, in evaluating platforms, you have to think about what, you're capable of also doing from a from a, as a promoter of your own brand. And so by that I mean it's very tempting I think to say I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to post on on Twitter on Facebook on LinkedIn on on all these platforms because it's just going to broaden my reach and increase chances for me to be seen. That isn't necessarily true. Partly because of the algorithmic nature of a lot of these platforms, Facebook is increasingly hard to be seen without paying for it. First of all, so there is that element of like, you might just be shouting into the void a little bit. Um, and half your potential employers, I'm not sure, are looking at Facebook for candidates. They might look at your profile specifically once you're talking with them, but they're not looking to necessarily find people there. Um, and so what I meant by like what you're capable of doing is um, be realistic with what you're able or what your time allows you to do for, for posting content, not only with frequency, but with substance. So not putting stuff out there just because you need to fill, you haven't posted in five days, you need to put something out there. If it's not, if there's no continuity or regularity or con connection with, with you, it's eventually just going to feel like a bit of noise and a bit of just content for content's sake, which, you know, I don't think is ultimately going to achieve your objective for being, for, for making connections that can lead to a job. Well, I think that's huge. Um, yeah. huge Definitely. I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, that's a good way for job seekers to build relationships. I know we've talked to, you know, the, the theme, I guess, of the conversation yeah. is, you know, authenticity um, really goes a long way to, you know, showing with who, who you are, 
you know, what your interests are interacting, um, you know, on um, whether it's in a discussion on comments on posts and everything. I mean, that would be, I, I think those are huge, huge initiatives to build relationships on social to stand out. If anyone's looking to do that, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on any other things that you can think of to stand out um, on social to be your own PR machine? I think, you know, just it's really it's really down to understanding your your audience. And that that's something you would you would I would advise and we do advise clients on in public relations all the time is content can look pretty, it can be phrased really beautifully, it can it can flow and inspire, but if it's not reaching the people you need it to, it doesn't achieve your objective. So what I would say is, you know, you really need to for before you start posting, before you start getting yourself out there, first shore up that foundational your resume right your profile what you need to be prepare your um any sort of situational sort of answers to questions you obviously always want to prepare for interviews but you want to get to know your audiences you want to understand if those those sort of you know elephants in the room we talked about get those in line and then just start learning about those who you might want to connect with and make those proactive connections from there i think build systematically that way it feels a lot less unwieldy than starting from a spot where you you have a bunch of platforms and don't be afraid to pair back too i'll say that too if you're finding something isn't evaluation is a big part of public relations too or any any communications marketing field you 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 engage in a strategy over time if you're not getting sort of the connections you want or the employer responses you want you don't have to get disheartened and just say it doesn't work Try to be self-analytical and figure figure out what it is you're doing and things you might be able to tweak and change that can maybe lead to different results and make that sort of iterative process. I think that's really important. So for those folks out there that might not know how to do this, how would you recommend they figure out who their audience is? Mm -hmm. I think that you need to be real first with yourself on what you want in your job and your career. It doesn't have to be something like I want to be a you know a senior director of of insert widget you know company here. That'd be great if you knew exactly what you wanted to be. But I think generally speaking, you start with what you want in your career, the strengths in which you think you you can bring to that, and then do some do research to find people and companies that represent those things because that will help you to kind of tailor your outreach to people that you feel are most aligned with at least the kinds of things you're into. If broadly speaking, you are kind of, you know, career agnostic and you just need a job that happens. I think then you can apply more of those broader um, skills to the table. If you are a good, every, every employer needs someone who's really good at time management. Every employer needs someone who's a good, you know, um, uh, autonomous with their own work everyone is is so those sorts of attributes i think are highly translatable across any industry um i also think a good approach to that too for someone who to your question is not as well versed in using these platforms or is maybe stuck is to contact you think about the decision makers or those who are the right inroads to getting jobs so if you're interested in certain companies reaching out to those uh, HR reps or talent acquisition leaders, if they have them or business development people, because those are the people who are more, um, tasked with, with that side of the house and finding talent, nurturing talent. And so starting conversations there can lead to, if they're not the right person, they might be able to forward it to the right person. Um, 
I can say from, pers from personal experience, having moved from here from out of market, I don't know, seven, seven, wow, seven years ago now, um, I didn't know a lot of people in Buffalo. And Buffalo was a really good, incredible, in fact, um, community of connectors. People who didn't know me necessarily, but either received an email from me or a LinkedIn request and things like that. I would explain where my perspective, who I was, where I was coming from. And they would connect me with people they knew. And it's amazing to see how many people are willing to do that um, in sort of the, the 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 networking and connections you can make through it. Yeah, well, that's the city of good neighbors for you too. It is a city of good neighbors. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are all, all, all good pieces of advice. Well, John, I yeah. thank you so much for uh, being on the show. And we definitely hope, um, you know, I think you gave a lot of good information for folks out there who will, you know, use this information to um, help their job hunt. Well, thanks, Sarah. I hope so. I hope I didn't talk too much, but I appreciate that. I, I would say just the the, the the easiest thing I would I would wrap it all up with is something that my mentor used to tell me is just to be your own advocate, be your own agent. If you be, if you're like if you treat yourself like your own agent, whether you're in a current job or you're looking for one, you can be your you can be you can be an advisor in a way you you probably didn't even realize. Those are good points. Thank you.